Welcome to the Freedom to Learn podcast, exploring freedom, autonomy and social justice in education. This recording was made at the 2020 Freedom to Learn online forum. So, this is me. Uh, my name's Heidi. Um, I am an ex-teacher. So, I um, was teaching for 10 years. I specifically spent a lot of that time in early years settings. Um, but as I um, began to have my own family um, and I went part time, that sort of branched out into um, covering primary age children. Um, a lot of the study that I did in order to become a teacher was based around um, children's natural inclination to play and um, cognitive development and neurosciences and um, the more time I spent in teaching the further and further away I noticed that um, schools were getting from those sort of starting points. Um, so when I left the education system I left specifically because um, our eldest turned school age and we decided to home educate and we specifically decided to unschool. So I have four children None of them have ever been to school. They're all very happy living and learning as they go. Um, my eldest is now 13. Um, I have an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 5-year-old as well. Um, so none of them have ever taken a test. Um, they've never followed um, a curriculum. And I can report that they are all doing really well and enjoying what they're doing. So this morning I'm going to talk you through um, the process of learning and um, what that looks like for our children and hopefully you'll be able to apply that in the workshop and the breakout sessions um, to your own children. So we're going to look at this morning firstly um, what is my child interested in? So that's going to be our first uh, section. And then we're going to specifically look at uh, what is my child learning. And then we are going to explore how those learning connections grow. So this is going to be the first section of our, sorry, my screen's in the way. This is going to be the first section of our workshop this morning, looking at what my child is interested in. So in an unschooling and self-directed education, we really want our children to find and follow their own interests because um, it's the most natural way for our children to learn. So this can be um, fairly easy for our children to do, given the opportunity but um, it can be harder for us as adults to let go of that idea um, about what our children, children should be learning and when they should be learning it um, because this is a typical thinking set out by schools and in particular um, curriculums. So if we want our children to find what they're truly passionate about and um, find enjoyment in, then we really need to create time and space and give them the support they need for our children to explore their interests and pursue the things that they find engaging. 
And whilst we let go of the reins and give them this time and space to do those things um, and provide this environment for our children where they can access the things that they enjoy, we can use this time to focus on the exciting moments of natural learning that are before them. Okay, by exciting moments, I, I mean the things that our children find exciting. And we're going to look at, um, you know, what those are, what our children really find exciting and what they are drawn to. Um, and we are going to do this as a way of distracting ourselves from worrying about all those other things that tell us that they should be doing or the milestones they should be achieving um, or where they should be in a set curriculum. Okay, so we're going to turn our gaze to our children and we're going to look at what they are interested in. So our first exercise this morning is to think about what do our children enjoy doing when they are given the opportunity to choose. So that is what our children spend their time doing when um, we call it sort of white space, when there's no, um, no one telling them what they should be doing or where they should be, um, when they have complete time to relax. So what activities help them to do that? What help activities help them to relax? What activities help them um, or make them laugh, or do they enjoy? Um, what are the things that they consistently um, turn to in those moments where no one is steering them in, an, in a different direction? What sort of topics do they um, talk to you about incessantly or ask questions about incessantly? Um, what do they like to read about? What do they like to sing about? Um, what are the places that they like um, going to if they can choose um, where they're going to go say and what they're going to do what what would those be and what would they do when they got there so if for example it was a museum what section of the museum do they want to go and spend most of their time in um, what are their favorite games to play um, what do they like um, watching on different media um, platforms so I'm just going to um, show you an example for my own daughter. So this is my eight-year-old daughter. Um, so thinking about the exercise we're going to do, what do your children enjoy doing when they are given the opportunity to choose? So I quickly wrote down some things um, for my daughter. This list is not exhaustive. This is just a few things um, that I picked up during the course of a day um, that I wrote down. So my daughter really likes ballet dancing. Um, at the moment, we access ballet dancing via YouTube, um, but that's one thing that she likes doing. She really enjoys making things, um, crafting things, painting things. And, oh, I put painting down separately. <laughs> so she really enjoys um, painting and pictures. She likes to watch Disney films, so if she's going to choose a film to watch, it would be a Disney film that she would most likely choose. She enjoys baking. She really enjoys playing with her friends. That's something um, that is very high on her agenda, playing with friends. And she enjoys playing um, pretend games and um, role-play games. 
So they're just a few examples of um, what I would list if I was going to do this exercise. Um, things, and this is just for my um, eight-year-old. As I said, I've got four children, so the list could be actually quite long. Um, when we go into the breakout groups, which we will do shortly, and you are thinking about your own children, um, I would suggest that you use the format that I've put on the screen here, so this grid format, and um, list a few things across the top, and then leave space underneath, because we're going to be filling, hopefully filling those spaces um, in the next exercise. So when you're writing down these ideas, you would probably find it helpful to follow this format. Um, if your child um, is into um, doing I don't know, I was trying to think of things that might not be ordinary or necessarily fit into a box and um, you can include those as well. Okay, so if your child likes, um, I've got one who particularly when he was younger liked emptying all the um, shampoo bottles and things into the sink and making bubbles. If that's something your child likes doing, write that down. If your child likes... Um, sitting in, in boxes and covering themselves with blankets, then write that down. Whatever it is that your child is interested in, um, it counts. And I'd encourage you to um, write it down on this grid. So I'm gonna stop this screen share up here. And then I'm going to hand over to my technical support. This exercise I'm thinking should take about um, 10 minutes maybe okay. we'll see how it goes um, and you're going to be broken out into groups and I'd really use the time to um, share what you're thinking and your ideas with other people because it might just help them to um, think through their own children's interests excellent welcome back um, so it appears that I am unable to hop between groups. So unfortunately, um, I, I can't do it. I was going to try and jump into different groups, but because I'm not technically the host, I'm actually unable to do that. Uh, so um, apologies. Hopefully um, that was a fairly straightforward um, task. And that is going to be um, used to inform the following tasks. So keep, keep hold of that. Um, there's lots of flicking on my screen, but I'm going to assume that everybody is back and um, ready. So keep hold of um, the exercise that you have just completed, and we will move on to exercise two. So I'm going to, oh no, hang on, that one. I'm going to screen share again. So this is the exercise that we have just um, completed. And again, this is the example I used um, with my child. And I um, was in a breakout group and we um, had a little bit of a discussion about how some sometimes the things that our children are interested in are um, not necessarily an actual activity, but rather driven um, by something else. So for example, my daughter's need to play with friends, the need to play with friends actually overrides um, what the activity 
um, is. So she would actually happily, normally, under normal circumstances, um, everything else being well, rather <clears throat> rather join in an activity she maybe hasn't done before um, or a game that she has relatively little interest in because playing with friends rather overrides um, that for her. So we had a bit of a discussion about that. So we're going to take um, this idea and we are going to look a little bit further into... Oh, hang on, my screen is not progressing. Let's do it if I do this. Yes, there we go. Um, we're going to use these ideas to actually look at what my child is learning. So instead of taking a curriculum and prescribing what our children should be learning and when, we are going to be looking at what our children are actually doing as part of the natural process of just um, being human and look closely at what our children are learning. So, in case you are unaware, or maybe this is the first time you've heard this idea, um, learning happens all the time, okay? And learning happens everywhere. Um, which is the opposite of maybe the idea of school and what school tells us about learning. Okay, so learning happens all the time and learning happens everywhere. It's actually part of our natural human development. Okay, it's what we do um, naturally when we are born. It's um, very tricky to stop it. Um, so we're born curious, we're born ready to learn. Um, it isn't just about um, memorising figures or memorising um, facts and information. Um, it's about taking things in from the world around us. So things um, through our senses, what we can see and what we can hear and what's going on, and then converting that into something um, useful for ourselves. And then learning is making connections between all that information that we have gathered and forming uh, new ideas and uh, new possibilities um, and new questions which then leads to more learning. So whilst our children are doing whatever they're doing, um, whether they're resting or reading or playing or crafting or dancing or um, I don't know, doodling, all those things that you've listed, um, you, those ideas you've put down on that piece of paper, whilst they're doing all of those things, whatever your children are doing, they are learning. Okay, so if, if they are um, engaged in an activity, then for them that activity holds uh, learning value for them. They are gaining something from that um, activity that is useful for them and they are building their learning web and their learning connections. So in exercise two we're going to take the list that we made from the first exercise and we're going to list some possible learning, so that's skills and knowledge, um, that that activity could be providing your child with. Um, it's not always possible to know exactly what learning is occurring because 
um, learning belongs to the learner. Only only the child is really going to, um, well, even they may not know what they're learning, but they're going to be the only ones that have control over what um, learning they are ha having and experiencing. But we're going to look at their activities and just list some of the possibilities, um, so skills and knowledge for um, each of those activities or just for one, um, and we're going to match them to each activity. Again, I'm going to walk you through um, an example, and I'm going to use the same list I um, had previously. So this um, is the list that I made from exercise one for my eight-year-old daughter. Um, and I'm going to walk you through some examples of learning that could be happening while she is involved and engaged in these activities. Again, these lists are not exhaustive. Um, they're just examples. So I'm going to start with ballet dancing. So I put physicality. So um, if you wanted to branch out on that a little bit more, um, if you are um, an expert in dancing and understand um, what physicality is and how um, you grow to understand your body, you can expand on that list. Um, put orientation, so knowing your place, um, so in our case at the moment in the room, knowing where we are in relation to other objects in the room, hopefully not therefore um, bumping into them, um, so that's under spatial awareness. Um, we also involves music, so I've included rhythm and beat, and ballet um, includes a lot of discussion and technique on presentation. So there are some things that she is um, learning or possibly learning while she is um, playing and engaging in ballet dancing. So under making things, I no noticed that my daughter experiments a lot while she is making things. Um, she develops her ideas as she goes. She um, plans what she's doing. She has an idea of um, what she wants to achieve. And along the way of trying to achieve it, she experiments with different um, mediums. So I've put down the bottom, exploring different mediums, um, whether she wants to use uh, masking tape or packing tape or sellotape, uh, whether blue tack will hold something together sufficiently for her. Um, so she's constantly assessing and evaluating what she's doing. and using um, those skills and learning from those skills in creating and making. Okay, so this is the last example that I'm going to fill out with you um, now. Um, so I've jumped along a little bit to um, playing with friends. Um, so I've included some social skills here. So I'm thinking about um, negotiating, and troubleshooting and discussing and adapting and leading and emphasizing and, and really all those things are about being in conversation um, with another person um, so you could also write um, conversation skills listening skills taking turns in conversation um, the list could go on and on um, but I'm hoping I've given you enough examples for you to realize that it's not all about memorizing um, facts 
that skills are um, important too. Um, we are going to do the same as we did before and break out into uh, rooms again. Welcome back, everyone. Um, so hopefully you got a chance to think about um, the learning that your children um, are naturally doing as they take part in their own uh, interests and their own um, passions. Um, I realise that some people haven't been able to join in the discussions, but the exercises are um, designed that you can do them individually. So the discussion element is um, available um, so that we can bounce ideas off each other and, and that way um, different ideas can grow and we can spark off of each other. Um, but they are obviously um, exercises that are doable um, on your own. So hopefully um, some of you are able to do that. Um, so we're going to um, do the third part of our workshop now. Um, Yes, we are. So I'm just going to share um, the third part. Here we go. And, and here we go. Um, so this is the previous one that we just looked at. Okay, so this um, last exercise is going to look at how our learning connections grow. Um, so learning happens. Um, when ideas and information uh, connect together and those connections are formed better um, in our brains um, when our children are interested in what they're doing so that's what we're looking at our, you know, following our children's interests and their passions um, and when it makes more sense to them um, and when those um, activities have actual um, relevance and real um, context so um, I am going to use one of my son's long-term interests. Um, he began being interested in Lego when um, he was, I don't know, tiny, as soon as he could pick stuff up. So building blocks, really, which then progressed specifically onto Lego. Um, and I'm going to demonstrate for you how this one um, element can really grow and grow into a very complex learning journey. Um, this is an example of what you're going to be doing for your third exercise. Um, so, yeah, so I was going to say pay attention, but, you know, this is an example of what you're going to be doing in a minute. Um, so I'm doing this retrospectively. So I am looking back on how my son's early interest in Lego has grown into this immense learning journey for us and how it's all come together. Um, but even now, you will be able to catch glimpses of um, where things are heading and um, recognise patterns forming in what your children are doing. And also you can use it as a way of mapping out, oh, if he's interested in Lego, he might be interested in um, I don't know, going to Legoland, for example. I use that one because I've actually missed it off the diagram. But, you know, as a way of mapping what your, what your child might be interested in and what you can maybe offer them as part of their um, journey. Um, so this is what we're going to do for our third exercise today. So um, Lego, 
So we started off with a lot of free building with Lego. You'll notice I have actually put underneath science and engineering. So I have um, pinpointed where this might fit into a um, traditional curriculum, particularly for those of you who are maybe um, new into moving into self-directed education and unschooling. Um, I actually found this quite um, difficult um, because it's been such a long time since I've done it. Um, but it can help you to be able to um, place it when you're when you're first moving um, in this um, direction of um, focusing on your child's interests. Um, so we visited the Lego store. There are two Lego stores near 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 ish to us. They're um, both in um, quite big cities. So we had to um, do some travel and there was some um, maths involved. There's obviously a lot involved based on our previous exercises. I could um, list lots under that. Um, we um, invested in Lego books, magazines, sticker books and annuals. We began our own um, home educating Lego clubs. We organised that ourselves. Um, we found a um, museum near us that once a year now at the time so this is um, probably nine years ago um, they called it Lego Mania it was a museum near us that put on a Lego exhibition which um, you may or may not be aware of um, now but they're quite um, widespread now but this is one of the first museums nine years ago that held a Lego um, exhibition and so we went to the museum to see that and that led us on to being introduced to a company called Bright Bricks, um, which at the time um, had the only official Lego builder, qualified official Lego builder adult um, outside of um, Lego land and, and places um, like that. Um, so we got to meet them and I put them separately. I'll show you why um, later because this does continue to grow. Um, we um, invested in some Lego sets together and um, we were fortunate enough to get hold of some Lego games on the Wii. I put that under technology and history now because the, Lego, the, um, the console, the Wii, is actually... Um, 20 years old so I put that under history um, so these are some ideas of where um, Lego initially took us as I mentioned before um, we did also um, go to Legoland as well which I would include as one of these initial circles um, and I'm sure there's other things that I have forgotten so similar to what we did in the um, second exercise I have then listed where each of these took us next or what learning they involved. So under free building, I have listed things like success and failure, experimenting, engineering and planning and design. Going to the Lego store, I have listed journey planning and money management. Um, because you can't buy everything in a Lego store as much as children would like to. Um, so there was some money management involved there. And you will notice some of my lines disappear off the page. That is um, deliberate um, because this is an ever-growing uh, diagram, web of learning. 
Uh, so the Lego books, magazines, uh, reading, that led us to films. A lot of the Lego books um, are film related. A lot of the sticker books are film related. Um, and things like the magazines in, um, involve puzzles and word searches and, and activities like that. So next, Lego Club. Um, we did plan together what Lego Club would look like and what that would involve. Um, we organised, oh I apologise, I've put organising. Um, we did organise games and challenges for the people that attended. Um, there was some responsibility with the setting up and the clearing up and things like making posters and signs for everybody um, who attended. So Lego Mania is this exhibition that we went and saw, which um, took place in a living history museum. So the Lego was actually um, placed within um, the exhibitions at the museum. So that gave us the opportunity um, to go there. And again, um, there were some themes So each year. So this became an annual exhibition and an annual trip for us, um, part of our natural rhythm. Um, and each year was a different theme. So I've collected, connected Lego Mania with um, the Lego Bright Bit Bricks company because that then took us on to things like conversations with an expert. We were able to access um, the um, experts from um, Lego Bright Bricks, um, specifically actually because we were home educating the times when we went to um, Lego Mania and the Living History Museum were very quiet and they were there um, doing a live build and so we were able to well not only have conversations with them they actually um, let the children um, join in the build and show them how they plan it and how it works and how they put it together. Um, again um, these themes that um, they run different themes that they um, centre their Lego around and it has enabled us to go to different locations. So they now um, present these collections in different places. So we've been to different zoos to go and see their collections. We've been to um, um, gardening places. We've been to um, wildlife places, um, different museums. Um, and that has obviously led on to um, further discovery and further learning in those places. So Lego sets, following instructions, films. So Lego sets generally um, now come around different themes again, particularly films is one of the ones that we were interested in. And skills like accomplishment. And then on the um, Lego Wii, strategy, problem solving, collaboration. And they often um, play together, my children on the Wii, um, trying to work out how to do the games. And again, um, films um, comes up because they quite often um, centre around different films. So we're going to just go back over to the bottom right of your screen and look at the idea of themes and how these um, connect to each other. So themes that we have addressed um, through um, Lego Mania and the Lego Bright Bricks, um, mythical creatures, Star Wars, and prehistorical animals. I mean, the list goes on um, because we have been to so many um, of the different um, exhibitions and um, that list can go on and on and, and has given us access um, to different learning in those areas and then we're going to go over to the bottom left of the screen and look at films 
um, specifically um, Harry Potter has been a big hit in our house and again so you can start to see um, repetition coming to things like Star Wars and how these things are starting to link um, together. So in the top left, I think is next, engineering. So I've run out of space on my screen, um, but we could very easily take um, any one aspect that I've written about on this um, screen and, and then move that on and connect more learning to that. So the engineering under free building has led on to um, lots of exploration in Minecraft. Um, Lego and Minecraft um, are very similar in the, in the way that um, you you know, experience engineering and building, and that in itself um, has um, led on to a lot of um, self-directed um, challenges, and um, there's a lot of maths involved in Minecraft, and depending on how you access it and what you um, use it for, there are um, a whole other webs of learning um, involved in that. So over on the right of the screen, I've highlighted um, the Living History Museum, as I said, Again, the Lego Mania was placed in the Living History Museum, and whilst we were there, um, my children happily accessed um, other elements of the um, museum, including people um, in role play that they were able to engage with and ask questions with. Um, you know, just looking at the different artifacts in the museum, discussions about um, how long ago certain items were used, um, stories I could tell them about myself, my childhood, my grandparents. Um, they've got um, penny arcades that we used. So again, we could just take that one element and create a whole new web of learning there. And films, as you can see, I've highlighted three times on here, has been, had a really big impact on my son's learning. And he now, um, well, not currently under the current conditions, but accesses a film club where they make their own films. Um, he um, saves his own money so that he can buy um, various different cameras. Um, he has different um, apps and such the like on his um, computer so that he can um, edit and make film. And it also happens to be now, because um, to say me and him, one of, the, one of the number one things we enjoy doing together is, is going to see films. So as you can um, see, this document or this, um, um, what should we call it, graph, uh, this web is quite intricate and it grows and it grows and it and it grows and looking back on it now as I said I can see where our interest in things like Star Wars and Harry Potter and films um, had their beginnings um, so I'm hoping that as you complete the last section of the workshop you will be able to see for yourself how learning um, connections grow and um, even if it's something you can't look back on, you can begin to understand where the possibilities are and you can use those to grow um, your own uh, map for your own child. Uh, the only warning I would say if you're doing that is that it's not to be used as a curriculum, it's not to be used as a, this is what we are going to do, but that these are the possibilities and this is where it could lead um, for your child. So um, I'm going to suggest that we take um, 15 minutes to start on that. I think this might be something that you will um, maybe need to look at independently after we've finished. Um, so something you can start looking at now in our groups and we will come back together in 15 minutes and um, 
just look at how we can use what we've looked at today as as we um, leave the workshop. Right, Emily, how does your local authority respond to child-led learning and natural learning? Um, so, um, okay, I need to um, preface my answer with um, some things. The first thing is that I have never had any interaction with my local authority because my children have never been to school. I have never um, had need to contact them and they have um, never had need to contact me. Uh, so for those of you that don't know officially, you do not have to be registered with your local authority. Um, so I need to preface my answer um, with that. So I can only really answer from um, the perspective of, of what I've heard in, in other groups. Uh, firstly, every authority is different. So I would access your own a local home educating group to find out specific answers to that question. Secondly, I would advise you never use the term unschooling, um, but that um, it is perfectly reasonable for your child to be self-directed in their education um, and that that is a valid and legal option for educating in the UK. Okay, so hopefully, um, is that, is that, is that okay for an answer? Okay. Okay. Excellent. Um, I obviously realise that that is a different experience depending on where you are in the country. So really just access your local um, local Facebook, Facebook groups. Um, and there's lots of people working out there, home educating advocates working out there with local authorities um, on that. So, but it is a legal, um, yeah, it's legally acceptable option in the UK. Okay, Derry, I can see you're waving at me. Yeah, I, I had to miss a large chunk, I'm afraid, of your oh. job. But just to say thank you for your encouragement. But listening to the local authority question, can I just share an experience? Mm. I helped in the home education of one of my grandchildren who is deeply unhappy and obviously being damaged by school. This is Brighton and Hove. And one of the things we did... He's often heard me talk about different kinds of school. So he said um, that right at the beginning of our time together, could we go and look at some different schools? And I said, yeah, where would you like to go? Let, should we go to Paris? So we went to, he did all the booking the flights and everything with absolutely no problem. We went, and off we went to Ecole Dynamique in Paris, which interestingly cropped up. The person who did the last workshop I was in sends her own kid to that school, which was interesting. I forget. Um, Naomi, was it? No. Um, uh, which was nice. Uh, anyway, um, we, we were there for two days, and the second day we were going to go to the Eiffel Tower, and he said, well, do you want to go to the Eiffel Tower? He said to me, and I said, well, I've been there a few times before. He said, well, I'd really like to go back to that school again, which was an incredible thing for him to say, having hated school all his life. And then we went to uh, another Sudbury school in the Netherlands, and then we went back to, to Paris. Um, and the funny thing was, and he did a big self-directed project on the impact of computer games um, on the psychology of young people. This is an 11-year-old. Anyway, the inspector came from Brighton and Hove and she was supposed to come for 20 minutes and she had no right to talk to Elwood. Um, 
and I said to her, I said to him, you know, you don't have to meet this woman. It's just your mum and I will have a chat with her. Uh, and um, he said, I, I, I insist on seeing her. <laughs> it was really hilarious. So when she arrived, Elwood produced his project on, um, on uh, computer games and their effect on learning. Uh, and then he started talking about, you know, school doesn't have to be like it is. I've been to some schools in Paris and Amsterdam and Harderwijk that aren't a bit like the school I hated in Brighton and Hove. And you could see her looking a bit challenged and her ears picking up. And he proceeded to lecture her for an hour on the theory of Sudbury schools and learning. And at the end of all this lot, um, uh, she obviously didn't really want to go, but she stayed for an hour and a half. And at the end, she whispered in my ear as she was going out of the door, um, I wish my kids could have an experience like that. And we never heard from her again. And that was two years Thank you, Jerry. It's interesting that, um, you know, our children are capable of those things. As you say, it was at, you know, only 11, but they're capable of... Um, you know, doing an entire project and planning an entire trip like that. But one of the things I wanted, I'll just pick up on is that you mentioned your grandson met with the, L, um, the lady from the LA, which I know that you said he didn't have to. I just want to reiterate that. Um, if you are new to home educating, um, really you can um, find um, information on the government websites about what the local authority are entitled to and what they are not entitled to. And one of the things that they are not entitled to is they do not have to meet your children. Your children do not have to meet with them. Um, they do not have to meet in your home. Um, you do not have to do things like provide work samples. Um, I don't know if any of that information is new to anyone, but if it, if it is, and if you are contacted by your um, local authority, um, try and um, find out and do that research into what it is that they are legally um, required um, and how that is um, that process is acted out in your local in each of your local I want to say boroughs councils councils is the word um, that I mean um, just check in on the chat okay um, did anyone else want to give a wave and a, and a question No, fabulous. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us um, this morning. I hope you can take that away and it's um, useful for you. Um, yeah, thank you. It's been, um, yeah, well done for sticking with it for an hour and a half. I do realise it was um, quite long, but I knew I wouldn't be able to do it all in an hour. I didn't want to, you know, cram it all in, into an hour. So well done um, for um, sticking with it and uh, thank you very much and thank you to Jess for all the, the tech support thank you very much my my right hand lady there thank you you've got to do it again tomorrow for me <laughs> <laughs> okay go listen to Derry tomorrow there you go it's a little plug for his own his own session <laughs> thank you very much okay, okay. thank you everyone bye Thanks for listening to this episode of the Freedom to Learn podcast. For more information about our work, check out our website at freedomtolearn.uk and find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram.